This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Hello, my name is Paul Parisi, and I'm here with Taylor Robinson, the president of PLG Consulting. Hi, Taylor. Good afternoon, Paul. So now, I know I've talked to a lot of different business owners and people who run businesses, and they get excited about their what they do. Is logistics like that for you? Is that something that just like, yeah, that's really cool. We just saved this company all this money by doing this different technique or using this. Is that something where you feel like you had a home run, you know, that feeling that this is cool? Or is it, no, it's just a job. But, I mean, because I know you have a lot of really, not eclectic, but people that are experts in these fields that are fairly narrow, They but they know their stuff, and they're probably maybe even one of the best experts on the planet for it, especially, you know, with relationships. They know the people in the industries. They know the people at the train company. They know the people that make the hoppers, all these different things. So it must be really cool to impact some of this stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, it's it's really a balancing act. My job's a balancing act because we're small. We have contractors. They're extremely talented contractors, Mm -hmm. and my job is to get them to work. Mm -hmm. And there's not hundreds of opportunities Mm -hmm. out there for these niches. Right. So it's all all about balancing having the right team available and having the relationship with the clients that know us and are going to call us when they need help. Right. And, of course, that's an imperfect balancing act, and it's, it's there's lots of ups and downs. Sure. Um, so you, you sort of, okay, do you know all of your customers? I mean, I, I know you do, but I'm saying the customers you'll have, if we go roll forward five years, do you know them all now, or are there going to be people that you didn't know? It's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix. Yeah, we hope to have, you know, we've got 20 strategic accounts that we want to invest in. Yeah. We think they're going to they're going to come back again at I some see. point. We've had, who are the people that are out there that you haven't, they don't know your name, they don't know you guys. How do you, how do you connect with them? Is there industry stuff that you do, or how do you actually reach out to them so that, you know, I'm, I'm the logistics person at company XYZ, and I've never heard of you guys. Well, it'd be really nice because you're in a nice size where it matters at your size that your customer will be successful as opposed to a really big company. It's like, yeah, we didn't do a great job or they didn't see a benefit there. It doesn't matter. You know, we've got 20 other, 50 other companies that we're working with. So I imagine engaging with PLG, I'm going to get a very high quality of relationship as well as service. So yeah, I, I, well, I, I think just the given is we have to perform at every opportunity we have right. at a world-class level so that our reputation precedes us. Okay. Because much of our business is either repeat or referrals, right. free referrals that we don't even know about. Sure. You know, we've had clients refer us to two or three other customers. Right. And so, therefore, if we're performing, we've got a chance of growing yep. on its own. I think, secondly, we like to speak at conferences in these very focused markets, again, either on the transport side around rail mm-hmm. or energy and chemicals, our biggest biggest verticals. Right. We need to be out there right. so people recognize that we're, we're well-known and we've got a reputation of, of serving our customers. To do that, we have to put together very innovative presentations. Right. Okay. We have to be better than anybody else at the conference. Right. 
It's got to give them more information. It's got to be more relevant. It's got to be different than everyone there. Right. So we put an incredible amount of time in sharing enough to get them interested, but not sh- sharing all the secrets. Sure, of course. So that's that's one of the main ways. And then we've we've got a following of about 2,200 people that have signed up for our information we send out on a mm-hmm. monthly basis, mm-hmm. where we give those presentations or other things, and we're doing more webinars. We're doing more and more. So know, who are the webinars targeted at? Uh, is it the CEO or is it the logistics officer? Is that a chief logistics officer? Is that a title? Yeah, yeah, it's it's those type of people. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times they send their staff. Mm-hmm. But if they bring the 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 presentation and talk to the the person that sent them and give another favorable impression, we've got a chance. Right now, do you guys? Is it sort of like there's best practices and then there's specific best practices, or is it every company is a is a new ball game that you're working with it's it's a mix because people have these very difficult solutions that they might find us through the internet Mm -hmm. you know through through a search through our website many times it's it's referrals but we get searches we get one a month at least that call up and say hey i found you on the internet i've got this bulk problem interesting you know we had one last fall that they're going to build out a whole supply chain for moving a bulk product from the Caribbean to throughout North America. Wow. And, you know, we're going to help them with that whole end-to-end strategy uh-huh. from the feasibility stage to building it out. So that company did a search on bulk logistics, and we're, really? we're up near the top because sure. it's a great place to be because not many people claim it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a great place to be because not many people search it. Right, of course. So, so it's, it's that that paradigm of how do we find our clients, the the web is becoming an increasingly important part of that wow. as as our customer base gets a little bit younger. Oh, uh, I see. Okay, that's an interesting trend. So is is it that, that this is a older industry now? Is it moving into the younger ages? Or what, what, how is that impacting things? Well, a lot of the logistics folks, especially that worked with the railroads, generally are older. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time to be effective with the railroads, to be have enough knowledge, to have enough respect, to be effective. And that person, they don't normally want to change. <laughs> Nobody wants to take that job. Right. So that person tends to retire after about 20 years of doing that. Wow. And how do they replace them? Yeah, because you can't build that relationship quickly. Right. And what did he really do? Right. How did he really get that deal? How did he make that train move that wasn't moving? Right. So a lot of that inherent knowledge gets retires. Right. And also there's a lot of turnover, and a lot of the senior leaders have never worked with the railroads, as an example. So we can come in, and again, we, we love to assess where people are at, offer suggestions, and train them up, and, and get them on a road to improvement. It sounds like some of those people are strategic risks to, yep. the, to the companies that they're in because if they go away, that's lost information. It's institutional mind is gone right. as far as delivering that stuff. Yep. Wow, that's fascinating. Do they? Um, so do these logisticians like document everything? Is there a, a book that they have, and this is how we do it, or is it just in their heads? A little bit of both. Depends on the company. The smaller companies tend to have 
tribal knowledge and it retires and it's gone. And, you know, they might not appreciate that person until he's after he's retired when things start going going downhill. Are there software systems that help with this, help manage this? Yeah, certainly managing the rail, managing the trucks. Right. There's better and better technology. It's it's a constantly evolving aspect. We help folks with assessing where they're at in their rail or trucks management system, right. maybe improving their system, going out and buying a new one. You know, it's it's a constantly changing world with the cloud and cloud-based systems yeah. are taking tremendous costs out of out of logistics. So I build a lot of software systems, and I'm wondering, is there a system out there that says it currently knows how busy each shipper is and where their trains are going, how full they are, so I can almost, I wouldn't want to use the word arbitrage it and say, oh, I know that that railroad is not heavily utilized right now, so I can go to them and sort of negotiate maybe a, a lower price or just I need to get it there, so I'm going to go to that railroad as opposed to the, you know, uh, take a ride on the Reading, Reading Railroad? Is Reading or being <laughs> Reading. Reading? Are systems like that evolving with that transparency for logistics? challenge with that example is railroads are almost a monopoly. So technology doesn't help a whole lot with that aspect. Very seldom is there competition. Now you go to the trucking world Uh where you have less than truckloads. You know, that's somebody wants to move a skid from Beverly, Massachusetts here, you know, to Paducah, Kentucky. You know, that load might cost $1,000. Right now, about $250 of that cost is brokerage fees. Really? Wow. So then the brokers are doing that. Yeah, and and the brokers are arranging. I see. Now they've got systems that do that, but they charge a lot for that. Right. And they have to take people out to lunch a lot. I see. And so there's there's this excess waste in the system. Interesting. Uh, there there are a number of softwares that are attacking that. That as you can imagine, with dynamic scheduling. Right. Exactly. And exactly. if they can get the the shippers and the transportation comp- the trucking companies to sign up, and they get enough scale, they're going to take that cost down by three four times. I, I mean, it, it's going to be a you know a third a quarter of that it's cost. Commoditize it. Yes. Yeah. And make it much more efficient. Get more trucks working right. as opposed to the you know the guy waiting for his load. Yeah. He can look online. He sees one. I mean, it's it's Uber and trucking. Right, yeah. That will happen. That will happen in less than truckload. That will happen in truckload because there's there's lots of competition. Right. Whereas the rail, it's a point A to point B. You have, so you have a railroad. Is the railroad, I mean, like right now, you know, in the telecommunications world, the when they were divested, AT&T, the wires were basically, they had to carry... AT&T traffic or MCI traffic at the time, or, you know, there was not this exclusive that only AT&T calls could come to your house. Anybody could call. That's not the way it is in the rail world. The rail world, do they rent the rails, or how does that work? Well, when when the rail got privatized, Mm -hmm. they have to build their own rail. Okay. So they don't easily want their, let their competition ride on their rail. There are places where it's common, uh-huh. or there are short lines that serve both of them, but most of the time, it's their rail, and they're spending three, four, five billion dollars a year keeping that rail up. Wow! So it's an exclusive road, yep. if you will. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They built their their road, and 
they they can ship as they please on that. Now, there are laws that they have to be reasonable and so forth, but they have lots of leverage when you own the road. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Again, another thing that I wouldn't have thought of. Okay, so now you said it was started out as Plastics Logistics Group, and now it is it's professional? It went to Professional Logistics Group. When I started about five years ago, we branded it PLG because uh-huh. it's just easier and it was already known. Okay. Logistics is, is actually a hot topic now, yeah. so we call ourselves Professional Logistics Group again sometimes. But, I see. But it, PLG has become known in this niche. You don't have to go any further. They just, oh, call PLG. Right. Or, on the other side, if you're retiring, you're a logistics professional, and you've got a retirement package, but you're feeling pretty good, and you don't want to sit around and play golf or go fishing every day, you come home to PLG. I see. And we provide you with an opportunity to work on projects part-time at your discretion. Yeah, it sounds like the best of all. Yeah. If you want to go to Costa Rica for for a a month, please go ahead. And, but the other 11 months of the year, we might call you, and guess what? You get to work with your old buddy that right. used to work with. Right. And it's it's remote, though. Yep. It's, it's a different world. Mm-hmm. So your people don't all go to the same office. They work out of their Almost never. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got over 40 people all over North America that we can call on. We've got about 10 partner companies, partner consulting firms or engineering firms that that we pull in and out, and they pull us in. Uh-huh. So we've got a network even bigger than that 40, 45 people sure. that we have. Again, if if a client brings me a problem, yeah, um, I have I have a 48-hour rule that I need to be able to talk to my network and find one or two or three experts I in see. that niche. And, be- it ma- and it matters to you guys. I, I think that's one of the biggest things is that you're not, you know, you don't have a thousand employees, and you're not a, a big, huge consulting company. I would imagine working with that matters to all all the people. They're aware of the different projects that are going on and interested in it and contributing. Yeah, and there's not enough work for them. I mean, I could I could bring lots more work to them, mm-hmm. and they have plenty of capacity. And it's because they're very talented, they're very experienced. Right. They could take five times longer to finish fix some of these issues. Right. They can do it. And so therefore, you know, I'm spending a lot of time and, and our team is looking for more projects to put more folks to work. Right. That's so cool. Well, we've been talking with uh, Taylor Robinson, president of PLG and PLG Consulting, experts in bulk logistics. And it's fascinating that there's this whole subculture, if you will, of the way things are moving. And, you know, it's part of the the breadth of the country. It's fascinating. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found 
on Twitter at PDParisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash PDParisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.